0: Welcome to the Project Future podcast for people looking to launch and build their own amazing business, with me, Rob Kerr. A few years ago, I asked myself, how can people considering starting a business be confident they are making the right decision, and how can they improve their chances of success? The answer has become my book, titled Project Future, Six Steps to Success as Your Own Boss. A Facebook group called The Project Future Club, where we support each other to launch and build our own amazing businesses and this podcast, where every Tuesday a business owner shares their story, including great tips about what to do and what not to do when launching or growing a business, to empower you to make better decisions on your own journey. You'll find the show notes and transcripts at robker.co.uk So, in these uncertain times, if starting a business could be the right option for you and your family, read the book, join the Facebook group, and enjoy the show. Now let's move on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Project Future podcast. In this episode, I speak with Glenn Wilson, a DevSecOps consultant and founder of Dynaminet. Glenn's also my accountability buddy, who I meet with regularly to talk about our businesses and, and make sure that we're kind of doing the right things as we move forwards. He's the author of a book called DevSecOps, which focuses on what he calls the three layers of education, secure by design and testing. In this conversation, Glenn explains how he came to focus on his business full-time, 15 years after he founded it. He talks about the value of networking, the opportunities it can provide and how he's grown as a result of presenting on stage. He explains how the mindset of a contractor is completely different to being an employee and how recognising this has helped him to thrive in a contractor environment. He goes on to talk about the importance of staying up to date in your field and how investing some of the business's money on training can help you stay ahead. Let's have a listen. Hi Glenn. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey Rob. Um this is exciting. Thanks for inviting me along.
0: No, you're you're most welcome. And it's very different to our, our usual conversations. we're recording it for a start, which is uh which is not something we, we do on a weekly basis when we keep yeah. these uh these things to ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to this though. Um a different a different way of talking to you or talking about my background to you as well. Uh, so yeah, that'd be good fun
0: absolutely well let's 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 get straight into it then so tell me tell me a bit about your background about how you how you started your business and and indeed before that
1: yeah so um my background is uh, has, has been pretty uh diverse in terms of uh the roles i've been in um i, I started off as a as a uh, market researcher working for the pharmaceutical industry um and i guess while I was data crunching i i, I I preferred the engineering software engineering side to that you know the, the the data manipulation using macros using uh functions in excel and so forth to to try and uh generate different um different aspects of the of the data and so forth and and as a result of that I ended up becoming a programmer a, soft, uh, a software engineer um and then over time Um, As I evolved into that, I I, I sort of pulled the two strings together. So the the project management side that was associated with the market research and the software engineering side. And I worked much more in management, um, software engineering management, um, which then brought me into contact with uh, secure ways of working. Um, A lot of the stuff I've developed in the past was on PCI. Um, uh, compliance, which is used for the payment uh, gateways. Uh, so when you're using credit cards, for example, uh, you use a chip and PIN device, the software that goes on that needs to be compliant with the PCI standards. Um, and also with other types of standards like ISO. And, uh, it, and as a result, I became much more interested in the security aspects and the security side, um, particularly in, in like, uh, the management side of that. Um, But because I've always been a software engineer as well, I've always had that interest in the more finer details of it, you know, so I can have that conversation with developers as well as with management. So based on that, it allowed me to um, evolve much more into a consultant. Um, And that's where the idea sprung that I could become a a, a contractor or a consultant um, and, and not be tied down to working for a single company, but actually sharing my knowledge with multiple companies.
0: And that's really interesting because, so I came across some of the some similar things earlier on in my career, and steered as far away from them as I possibly could. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it, it, it just goes to show, doesn't it, how how the aspects um, of of what interests an individual um, do vary once you get that visibility of, of of certain of of certain aspects. From from my point of view, as long as it works and somebody was there to say, yes, I approve this. That was that was good enough for me to kind of tick that box and move on. But for you, that was a that was an aspect that you decided to delve deeper into and to, yeah. and, and, to and to focus on and to and and to well, you you found your niche as a result, effectively.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, d- I definitely found my niche, and 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 it, it's become a passion. Um, so much so that um, you know I've written quite a bit about it, including a book. Uh, which uh in the final throes of, uh, of finishing off now and uh, should be published uh, early 2021. So yeah, so it, it's, it, it's, it's, more of a niche. It's more of a passion.
0: Yep. It's very exciting, inci- very exciting.
1: Yeah. And I think that's very important when you do decide that you want to go down the route of running your own business is, to, is to think about what you're passionate about um, and you, you know, how, how can that, how can you turn that passion into something which is going to generate the 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 income that you need to to actually make a living out of what you enjoy doing? You know, what's uh, the point of going to work every day if getting up every every morning to do something you're passionate about is 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 not going to be the it's, it's going to give you much more satisfaction um, in terms Absolutely. of uh, your career. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. so I'm very lucky that I found something that I did eventually find a passion for
0: um yeah so yeah i I think that's a really great point and i think it's more important than ever now you know and and one point that i i I try and make regularly is that you're you know when when applying for a job you're not applying for thousands of jobs you know you're applying for one and, and you're and it's and you need to stand out within the within the crowd whether that is as an as an employee or, or as a, as a business owner to, to say that your service or product is 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 unique and solves the problems that you know th- that your customer cares about and wants solved and to and to and to really kind of have that focus and say I can solve this for you because um is 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 a, a vital step in succeeding say, as say as an employee or as a or as a business owner
1: yeah, definitely, and and also if you're passionate, it comes across as well um, that that, that uh, you know you are potentially the right person for this job. You're not just somebody who's just doing a job, but you're actually very passionate about securing in my in my case, securing people's uh, uh, businesses and their customer data. So yeah, it's it's important.
0: Absolutely. So so when did you start your business? Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: It's not as a clear-cut and straightforward. Um, so I had aspirations of becoming a contractor nearly 20 years ago and created uh, my own private limited company, uh, went down that normal process. And uh, and then when I um, left the business uh, to to um, consider going into contracting, I, I sort of got cold feet right at the end and thought, you know, what? I don't think this is the right time. I don't think I'm ready for this. I um, And so I just went into another permanent role. Um, but I kept that company legal, um, and it's always been there. It's always been something that has, I would say driven me, but it's certainly been there at the back of my mind, thinking that I really want to become my own boss one day. Um, but I guess I didn't really understand what I could do or what I wanted to do. I couldn't, um, I, I didn't know whether I'd be the right, fit in some of the areas that I had a little bit of experience in. You know, I wasn't necessarily a market researcher. I wasn't necessarily a programmer. Um, So I couldn't quite work out what it is that I wanted to do. And then um, over time, um, as I said, I I moved into different roles and I drifted into this security uh, role. Um, And as a result of that, I thought this is the right time. And uh, uh, I, I, you know, ended permanent um, employment, about four years ago um, and uh, decided to take the jump into contracting. And um, yeah, it was, it was so, so it's about four years, but I've been running, I've been keeping a, a legal entity on the go uh, for nearly 20 years.
0: No, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? And yeah, I, I say it's a point that I make, you know, in, in the book. It's so I say, Glenn's, uh, Glenn's a contributor to the, the book for the listeners. And um, I, I say he, he kept the business going for, for a reason. You know, I think that was it was always there. It was you know just every every year, provide the annual return. It's now now called a confirmation statement or something. I think just to say yes, yeah. I, I am still I, I do I am keeping the business. I am keeping the business just every year, and then then finally the the, the, the time was right to to proceed. So yeah. so when you did start, you know when you committed uh, to to the business of becoming a contractor and making it work, you know how how did you take those initial steps? And and indeed, when you found a role, um, you know, how did your experience relate to to what you expected it to be?
1: Yeah, so um I think the first thing I did was uh, I I made sure my LinkedIn profile uh, was absolutely spot on um in terms of my background um and uh the contacts that I had um within LinkedIn. Um I, I think being able to network is is important and LinkedIn is a great business platform for doing that. Um, whether you're running your own business or a public employee or, or, or a contractor, I, I think, you know, LinkedIn is a great, great uh, platform to, to work on. Um, so through LinkedIn, I, I actually had my first opportunity to jump into a contracting role. Um, and I, I think, once I would jumped into that role, I, I don't know what my expectations were really. One of the biggest um, pros for me was was being a contractor. I think you touched upon this earlier, but being a contractor is it, you don't have so much of the responsibility well, or the accountability. Let's say that you had the responsibility of. Doing what you're there to do, but you don't have the accountability, and therefore you can sometimes avoid some of the internal politics of, of, of a business. With your internal your permanent employee, you tend to get wrapped up in a lot of the politics, and it can be quite frustrating. and And uh, and for me, it was it was uh, you know it was it was not the right thing for me, you know, to be involved in all the politics that that go on in in, in a large or even small businesses. But but certainly, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't enjoy it.
0: Um, yeah. I'd say that's a that's a key point. I think just to just to jump in there, I think the, you know the 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 expectation as a as a contractor is about delivery. You know, it's purely purely about delivery. That your um, your to do sheet is often significantly less. um, The the history that you don't have in the business. Um, often means that there aren't people, you know, jumping on your desk asking you to do something that you used to do three years ago that you've moved on, <laughs> moved on from, yeah. you know, and and the uh, and you're you're absolutely judged on, you know, being able to to land quickly within a business and and deliver um, the the tasks that are that are requested. Um, but it, yeah. it can be it, it can be quite quite liberating. I, I certainly found that when I first became a contractor. Um, but then also, you know, there's the, there's one uh, one one point I like to to discuss is that I you know I I often found well I expected maybe that I'd be you know on a desk in the corner on my own um, as a contractor, but that wasn't the case at all. Um, was that was that the same for, for for you? Were you were you part of of kind of wider dynamic teams? You know, in your in your contracts? Yeah, roles?
1: I, absolutely. I mean, they bring you in for a purpose. Um, they don't bring you in to put you in a corner. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't put baby in the corner, so you don't put a contractor in the corner either. <laughs> the is yeah, so yeah, the contractor is there to deliver, as you say. Um and you're quite often the go to person in the team as well for the expertise you're bringing into that team. That's that's why they brought you in really. And 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 I found you know, as a contractor, I, I found that I became quite central to a lot of decisions that were being made. Although, luckily, I did have to make those decisions, but certainly they drew upon my advice and my experience to to help them make those decisions. And that's what I'm saying about yeah, I need to be responsible in, in helping those managers or whatever make those decisions. But I'm not accountable to those decisions at the end of the day. You know, I'm not the one making those decisions. Um, uh, so yeah, you 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 are very much part of the uh, the the, the dynamics of the team and uh, and you can shape the way that the teams work by the fact that you are bringing in that that uh, level of experience and skills that that are needed to to help shape that team into delivering the right outcomes for their customers. So yeah, I
0: think that's really interesting, and and also to to, to share your knowledge with the, with the team as well. I think one thing yeah. that that I've always been encouraged to do when I've been part of, of wider teams, and indeed have, have done myself, is to um, is to try and make yourself redundant effectively as as a contractor. You know, by yeah. upskilling the the team, the internal team. Um, and sharing as much as you can, you know, I, I think yeah. that it, it, it sounds counterintuitive in a way, but 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 by doing so, you know, that helps to to build the trust and and to build the um, the wider relationship with the client. That you know, you're all working in the same direction. I, I think, and, yeah. and then clearly that that leaves that leaves a legacy of of you know an, an upskilled team when when you finally depart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, on a number of occasions, as a contractor, I interviewed to replace myself. Um, you know, you can't imagine do it as a permanent employee, but uh, it was actually quite enjoyable um, to think that <laughs> you know I, I, I'm bringing someone in there to to hand over. You know, I've 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 come in and I've uh, you know I've 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 helped shape the way that this team is going to work, and now it needs somebody to, to take that forward on a permanent basis. You know, that's not what I'm there to do to, to move it forward on a permanent basis, and therefore I was quite happy to hand it over. And uh, yeah, so it, it's a different mindset, definitely. You know, re, when you're a permanent boy, you're trying to protect your job, but as a contractor, as you say, you want to make yourself redundant as much as you can, um, and then move on to the Absolutely. next project. Um, and that redundancy actually means that you've been successful, and that carries over into your next contract. So
0: yeah, it's very yeah. important
1: very definitely very
0: no i think it's a it's a, re- it's a really key point i think the mindset difference is 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 huge um you know and and being being open to to, to knowing that you know you're, you're there for a specific purpose um i think is a really it's a really key aspect and uh of, of of that journey and and being open to that will help to um help to make the wider the wider thing a success so go, going back to networking uh you, you touched on linkedin Um, so, which, which I I love LinkedIn, I I think it's fabulous. And it's one of the kind of key things I, I decided to do quite early on in my journey was to, um, was to harness, you know, the network on, on LinkedIn and add people I worked with, you know, I, I had going back kind of 10, 12 years, I was a little bit scared about it, but I'd kind of invite, um, senior managers, you know, to kind of connect with me and things and, and, um, and most of the time they, they accepted and, and, you know, now going forward to that time. You know they're they're people that kind of respond to my posts and say oh you know congratulations good you know that's great all that kind of thing so so i i think for, for people out there if you're if you're not too sure about you know linkedin don't don't be scared uh people won't be offended if you if, if you try and you know add add people that you work with or have worked with in the past They'll i probably quite appreciate it you know it, it, and and yeah. um yeah, I think you utilize and grow that network as much as as you can. So but away from that, Glenn, uh, where have you, where else have you, you use networking?
1: Yeah. So um, I've, I've been involved in a a number of uh, meetup groups. So these are little gatherings of, of, of people who generally tend to be like minded people. So for me, I tend to go to uh, meetups that are related to security, although I do go to a couple of others as well. Um, one is a digital uh, meetup, uh, and, and they discuss a lot of digital stuff. So not necessarily security related, but, but certainly they talk about topics that, uh, that are interesting. Um, but the important thing is our local businesses, the people that are that are. I live in Kent, um, and these businesses um, are based in Kent, and it helps me to network at a personal level with uh, a number of other um, entrepreneurs, basically, people that have set up their own businesses uh, uh, successfully in, in in the digital space. So so going to meetups is is another great way of networking. And although at the moment with the pandemic um, and the various lockdowns, it's not possible to go out and actually meet people uh, in the UK in particular. But, uh, you know, over time, we'll be allowed back. And, and it is a good way, you know, to just have those little breakout sessions, business Deals can be done in those little um conversations you have with other business owners or, or or influential people within their businesses and and it does help um uh i think also although social media is good i know you've got a, a facebook page uh for for the, uh, your project future rob but um i i also yeah. think social media can can be quite helpful uh, there's a there's a lot of uh negativity about uh social media but but it can work for you in the right circumstances and i know you you've made it work for you rob but um there are other uh social media platforms as well such as uh, twitter um twitter it, it, i use twitter um and it just helps me stay known for what i do um tweeting every yep. now and again um and it just allows people to understand that you are somebody who's an authority on the subject
0: absolutely and you you focus on the hashtags don't you with with twitter that's that's key to getting yeah. seen by the right audience uh
1: yeah and also LinkedIn as well there's uh there's an algorithm in linkedin which uh there's been a few um podcasts in the past that i've gone over this um but there are algorithms in in linkedin and, and possibly in twitter as well which uh, uh allow people to find your comments or your posts um, much more easily, so getting your hashtags right is important. I definitely recommend that if you if you are going to post on Twitter or LinkedIn that you you could go delve into that a little bit to actually understand how those those hashtags can work for you and how the algorithm works for you. So yeah,
0: absolutely. No, it's a really interesting point, and and they. They, they do change all the time uh, so those are yeah. the algorithms I, I think when you know when um you know the kind of uh the, the cheat sheets and things become known to some extent you know the the businesses yeah. involved look to look to tweak it so um we can't give any advice here but but do do look up the kind of the, the latest <laughs> in how in, in order to make the most to make the most of that so I, I want to go back a couple of minutes to to your your, your networking experience because you know I, I love what you've done there it's something we talk about quite regularly and you know you've you've presented haven't you at some of the meetups that you've done you've you've yeah. kind of brought, brought white papers and um and presented them to to an audience and you know that can be that can be valuable in in in, in many different ways to the audience to kind of take aspects of of it then also to to, to grow your confidence to kind of publicly speak
1: yeah definitely um being able to talk about a subject that you're passionate about in front of a group of people is is actually quite intimidating um, at times, um, but it is a necessity. If you're if you're going to go it alone um, as a, as a contractor or, or set up your own business, you need to be able to speak confidently about what you offer, um, and, and these meetups certainly give you the opportunity to do that. Um, so uh, I definitely recommend offering to put yourself forward to do a presentation or or be involved with a panel. Um, uh, to talk about something that you 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 absolutely know about um and, and i think that not only helps you with your networking but it raises your profile as somebody who's an authority on a subject so yeah i've done a few talks at a, a number of um different uh meetup groups uh, in london in kent um and online as well but um it's it's been a it, it, i enjoy doing them myself I, I i don't feel that intimidated in front of an audience uh uh but uh it's, it's it's a good way to get your um you, you know people your knowledge out there and uh, give them little tidbits of what it is that you can actually deliver to a potential customer as well um a lot of them are recorded nowadays because of the pandemic um they're, they're done remotely online and uh, and as a result they've got probably a wider reach than than the ones that are just in front of a group of people in in, in a yeah. you know in some church hall or somewhere like that but uh yeah, it's good. It's a it's a good way to to promote your own business, your own um, abilities and skills, uh, and, and make a name for yourself.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? And you know, I I, I never used to particularly enjoy networking events when i was an employee you know i I always felt that you were kind of there because you you had to be because you were expected to be rather than you know because it was something that you, you genuinely enjoyed you know and other other people might might you know vary on that but i i think as as your own boss you know going to voluntary events like this the whole um the whole aspect, the whole feel of it is is very different it's not forced in any way everybody's there because they want to be um and they've chosen to do that you know with their with their evening or their weekend or whatever it may be and 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 the energy that comes as a result of that um and indeed the different perspectives from from people coming from various different companies you know even if they are all experts on the same topic um you know can can make it a really positive experience
1: yeah. I'd just also like to add to that as well, that um, attending these uh, different meetups or even conferences, going to conferences or attending conferences online, it does actually allow you to to keep your knowledge up to date. Um, it's quite easy sometimes to be so wrapped up in what you're doing on a day-to-day basis that you forget uh, your skills may be eroding <laughs> over time. Uh, not because you'll forget getting those skills or you know whatever but, but because the the, the skill set moves on i work in security and the security landscape is ever changing so going to these conferences and uh, going to these meetings it allows me to stay on top of what the latest uh, trends are in in the industry and, and and that's just as important so you can you can then you know tailor what your you know your offerings are to to what the people out there really want at the moment um, so you don't get left behind. So that's just as important as, you know, is, is, you know, making people understand what you can do is one way, but then going back the other way and, and learning what other people's needs are um, is, is just as important. So, yeah, I definitely recommend um, attending. Uh, meetings, networking, going out there, making yourself known, but but use it also sort of as a mechanism to to improve your own understanding of the markets that you want to work in.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic, and I uh, will say for the listeners, that's uh, uh, builds on a point that Martin made in episode three, you know, about changing the the technology base um, that you you build your business platform on. Um, I say it's a slightly different angle on it, but I think it's a very similar point, and and, um, and which Glenn hasn't heard, but <laughs> by the way, um, you know, <laughs> in, 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 in something like security, it does move so so quickly. And you know, I remember um, working with um, years ago in a, in, in a company working with a, a security contractor who refused um, an extension of his contract because the company uh, weren't investing in their technology stack in the way that he felt would have kept him up to date. Uh, So he he thought that if he'd stayed in that business, then uh, he wouldn't have... Um, had the skills to then be able to move on in 6 months time to to, to the next thing that was at the forefront of, of of the business so you know he encouraged them to invest when they said no he said okay thanks in that case i'm going to have to move on you know so it's yeah. um yeah, I, th- I think in in such fast moving things it's so vital to um to to be at the at the forefront of of exactly what's what's happening uh, kind of here and now and, and and not get left behind
1: yeah i think it's also you know, just just to to um Put another angle on what you just said there i think it's important to invest in yourself as well so you can't always expect to go into a contract or work with a business that's going to be working on the bleeding edge um you do need to keep your skills relevant uh, and i think you know it's it, you do need to stay on top of your own skills you do need to perhaps invest some time and some money in in in, in your own ability your own skills don't don't just assume that the next contract's Going to give you that option, you know, that ability to do that. So, yeah, so so you can look at it two ways. I think, yeah, you you know, going into a contract or, or working with a business, it's going to help you evolve. is is one way of doing it, but also you need to invest in yourself slightly. Um, otherwise, you are in danger of being left behind, particularly if you are constantly working on on contracts and businesses that uh, that aren't quite bleeding edge.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really brilliant point, and. You know, as a as an employee, of course, there'll be there are budgets um, in most businesses. You know, for um, for training and and time time out can be taken for training within within work. If if, if you're fortunate, yeah. um, and that's not the case as as a, as a contractor. So any any decisions that you make uh, about kind of upskilling and, and training, it will all come out of your own pocket um, and in your own time effectively whether that's you know kind of evenings and weekends or or taking gaps between contracts in order to do so um so yeah i I think there's the the numbers vary but you know there 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 should always be a percentage you know of of income that is set aside and indeed time um in order to 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 stay fresh so no that's a a good point well made
1: you've got to remember that the business that you have you have whether you're a contractor or you're running your own business is a business uh the money that you've put into the business is not yours it, it's the business's money um so by all means set yourself a budget to um for, for training or for education or for upskilling and that could also mean taking the day off here or a day off there you know so so you can do that or go to a conference or go to uh do, do a better of training no, don't, don't don't think that the money in the business is yours you know look at it as being the business's money and it needs to be you need to you need to have budgets set aside for certain aspects of what you want to do. So so for me, I do actually have, have a training budget in, as a contractor in my business, <laughs> uh, and I go away and I do some training. So um, or I buy books or I subscribe to online tutorials or whatever. Um, so yeah, it is important um, to to treat your your business's money as a as a, as a business account and. Uh, uh assign budgets that are relevant to you
0: yeah no that's that's, that's great glenn and I, I think you know having having kind of gone down that that route as a as a contractor initially it's it's very much you know uh, the, a contractor is kind of a, a simple business compared to you know some of the more complex ones and and to and to actually do that and and kind of you know getting used to managing two bank accounts and and to and, and to you know have have training budgets set aside and to plan for that and indeed to plan for kind of a year or three years time, uh, of where you want the business to go, um, will kind of always help to keep things, keep things healthy and, and, and fresh, um, and, and exciting as a, as, as a business owner, which is of course what, what contractors are. So on the, on that note, I think that's a, that's quite a nice segue. So let's, um, let's talk about your book, uh, because you've, you mentioned at the start, you've written a book. So, you know, what, what was the thinking there and, and what you're aiming to achieve from it?
1: Yeah. So, um, I felt like I wanted to put my thoughts into a material into 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 a book so that people could actually learn from it learn so from my experiences in in cybersecurity and uh there's a new way of working um that's been touted around for the last I don't know, four five six years called DevSecOps and I, I I've, I've become really passionate about it and I just really, really wanted to write about it and uh there's been a lot of talk about how DevSecOps should be done, um, but there isn't very much in terms of publications that uh, that describe what DevSecOps is. Uh, there's something called DevOps, which is it's been well documented. Um, uh, there, there are a number of books out there that um, describe what DevOps is, but but security and DevOps, uh, there's less out there. So I thought that niche needs to be filled, and and I. Just, you know, to the decision really to to take a bit of time out of uh, contracting and actually write the book. Um, it was something I've I've always toyed the idea of doing of writing a book. Um, and to be honest, um, at the start of two thousand and twenty, I, I had no plans to write a book in two thousand and twenty. But um, with the uh, pandemic and uh, some changes in uh, the, the way people were working and the, the difficulty in trying to, um, you know. Gain a new contract. There is something called IR thirty five out there, which uh, is is a way that uh, um, people are taxed uh, when they're doing contracting. And the legislation is changing on that, which is making uh, uh, potential clients uh, make them they're much more wary about bringing on contractors um, uh, at the moment. So it's been a difficult uh, gig this year. So so you know. Use that time wisely. Um, write a book. <laughs> uh, put my thoughts down on paper.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, the book is a is basic, it's, it's called DevSecOps, um, and it's uh, it, it just talks about three layer approach to laying down the foundations of uh,
0: DevSecOps. Brilliant. And and just briefly, what are the layers in that you've that you've developed that. Form your methodology three layers
1: are, are, are quite simple. So, first of all, it's education, it's, it's about having an education strategy for, for DevOps uh, and security in DevOps. There's so much talk about um, how, how you educate people, so I've broken down the ways that you can educate people there. The second layer is actually applying uh, secure by design. You know, there's a lot of design features that will implicitly make you more secure, so I talk about how that be developed as well into a DevOps uh, program and then the final layer is, is a testing tool the, uh, uh, the the good design principles and your education by running automated testing um, to to, to make sure that you are secure uh, and and so the three layers they all be on each other. You can't just jump into running out automated security testing without actually having the education there in the first place. A developer needs to know how to fix a problem he needs to know how to how to develop software in the first place without that those those types of vulnerabilities uh, and then the second layer builds on the education piece and so that you know once an engineer knows how to do something that they're actually applying it. And then the the third layer is obviously making sure that uh, the 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 software is secure by running tests throughout the whole delivery lifecycle. So in DevOps, uh, the the there is no so, there's no concept really of a beginning and an end. It's just a continuous evolution of a product, um, and and so your you, your testing needs to be integrated into that evolution. So every single time you make a small incremental change to your product or you add a new feature into your product you need to test it, not just for functionality, but also for the security aspect of it as well. And then beyond that, um, you know, how, how can that manual testing, manual security testing be incorporated into the, the way of DevOps as well? So yeah, that, that's, that's my, um, my approach to, um, DevSecOps. Um and as I say, the book will be available um, early twenty twenty one, which I'm very excited about.
0: Absolutely, as you, as you should be. It's, uh, it's it's a very exciting, very exciting time. I, I know from from my own experience, it's it's very very exciting to 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 get the get the book out there, and and I'm sure will increase your 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 profile further, and of course, add another string to your bow. But in in terms of in, in terms of the how you've you know how you, the depth of your subjects. and and your knowledge of the subjects you know how's that increased as you as you sat down to to write a book with a a blank sheet of paper effectively so how how is how do you feel about your subject now having gone through that process
1: yeah as i said it's a very um fluid um uh uh uh, industry there's a lot of change going on so the book i've tried to make it as generic as i can without being too focused on technologies um, because technologies are changing all the time so I talk more about the concepts but while I was writing the book I was always making sure that I was keeping on top of the latest technologies and uh, so that 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 the book is still relevant in those areas Um, so there was a lot of learning not just learning about the topic I'm writing about but also learning about myself um about what um you know what 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 it is that i you know how how do i want to how do i want to express myself in this way um and what is it about myself that i want to share with people in that sense you know so you, you start to learn a bit more about who you are as a person when you're writing a book i think also the fact that i'm writing a book has meant i've had to go out there and learn how to write a book it's not as simple as just sitting down in front of a white blank <laughs> piece of paper and just writing it. It's not as simple as that at all. There's a, there's a whole lot of other stuff that you, that you need to do. And, um, you, you know, as, as well as I do here, Rob, that you, you need to, you need to, um, you, you need to, uh, plan your book. Uh, you need to have a clear idea of what it is you're going to write about without actually necessarily knowing the details, but certainly understand what it is you want to write about. Um, uh, you need to understand who your audience is going to be and, and all that, is a learning curve. It really is a learning curve, um, and I think you uh, you you do need to uh, you, you do need to be on top of that type of knowledge as well. You you can't just you can't just go in there with a blank bit of paper and write. It doesn't work like that at all.
0: Absolutely, it's it's, it's iterative, isn't it? And it, it takes time. You know those those questions, um, you know, do take a, a huge amount of time to answer, and and often change you know what it is that you intended to write about as well i I think you know so it's no that's that's fascinating so so going forwards then where do you see the business going um next year and and beyond as a result of your book and 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 other aspects and and where you where you where you want to go yeah
1: so um, the book there is really to um make it known to people that i am actually an authority on this topic um i'm I'm a natural introvert um (laughs) which means that i'm not the sort of person that goes out there and jumps on tops of buildings and says, hey, I'm a desktop ops engineer or I'm a desk ops uh, consultant, come come see me. I'm not like that at all. And and so writing a book is 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 an opportunity for me to to actually you know make an make it known to people that I, I do know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I I would like to keep on um, growing a business in terms of building a consultancy and perhaps even providing some training as well. Um, and Moving away from the the whole concept of being a single client um, contractor, but but being a consultant to multiple clients at the same time, and 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 I think that that, that this is where it becomes a little bit more tricky. Be being an introvert, you need to be able to sell yourself. Um, and writing a book was a, a means to help me sell myself uh, to a wider audience. And Obviously, the book as well—it gives you that, that that air of authority on the topic that you you, you want to, to train in or you want to consult on. It
0: absolutely and the book's an asset, of course. You know, it, it, it's an asset and it enables you to generate. More yeah, assets. yeah, it, it
1: is. And I'm, I just want to just to, just build on that slightly as well. So the book is you know it's going to be published and once it's published it's there it's available but as I said it's quite a fluid um, industry i working so what, what what happened when I was writing the book as you mentioned earlier about you know did I learn things yes I did learn things and sometimes I didn't want to put it in the book so I wrote articles and blogs um, and I've got plenty of material that I haven't yet published um, uh, that didn't make it into the book um, and I want to continue publishing those so so the book has given me that also that platform from where I can start, um, you know, blogging regularly about the topics. Um, and, and, and those blogs then can become, uh, you, uh, you know, um, topics for um, talks that I want to give it, uh, like these meetups I mentioned earlier. So the whole thing starts to build momentum. Um, and uh, I think over time, as, as I gain more confidence and much more uh, uh, visibility of my of, of my skills and my experience then i think my um, you know people people will be much more interested in in bringing me on board and helping them with uh, some certain aspects of, of what it is that they want to deliver so devsecops in particular but but anything related to cybersecurity in in, in the digital platforms and the digital world is something which i'm very passionate about and and you know and I just hope that the book is expresses that to, to a large
0: degree I'm sure, I'm sure it will and and i think the you know the open the, the opportunities that the book should hopefully create um will be be fantastic and then of course you can assess those opportunities as yeah. and when they come in to see if they're they're in they're the direction that you want to take the business so you know, it's, it's very very exciting
1: just just on that the fact that i've published a book as well is for me an achievement in itself don't care how the book performs I mean I like I love it to perform well I hope it becomes a top seller in Amazon in, the, in its field you know and, and I will do absolutely everything to make sure it is and uh, I'll, I'll be working hard to, to, to make sure the book does, does actually do well but at the same time if it doesn't do well the achievement there of actually putting your thoughts on paper being a published author is, is a big achievement in his own right and, and I should you know, I, I, I will build confidence from there in its own in its own way. So, I think that's the other thing is that I've accomplished something uh, which uh, uh, is is important to me as a person.
0: Absolutely, and it'll always be there. Nobody yeah. can take that away from you. So it's uh, no, it's very very exciting and very well done. So uh, okay, before we finish, then let's go on to the the four questions uh, that we that we ask everyone um, each week. So the, the first one being, uh, what's the one piece of advice you would give to someone considering starting their own business?
1: Well, I touched upon it earlier. Um, I think so. Use the income that you get from your business, not as your income, but as a business income. Then it opens up opportunities for you. If you take all the money out of the business as 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 like a salary, uh, then there's a danger that you won't have the money to invest in other things so for example i've invested in this book you know it's it's an investment of time and money um if i hadn't treated that money in the business as the business is money i would not have had this opportunity to do this you know and uh, and i think that's important yeah that's, a, that's probably uh, the the bit of advice i'd give people with
0: no it's a it's a very good one very very good piece of advice and and i think having having those you know those clear boundaries and and knowing where where to invest the business's money is uh is yeah is is, is something to be aware of from from the very start and to, to start putting money aside for cash flow and and for yeah. and and also for, for for, for investments so that's no, a great piece of advice so what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started your business
1: oh there's so much um i wish i could see the future 20 years ago um and say so you are going to be a contractor <laughs> uh, you are going to start up a business and you are going to be working in this field then i perhaps would well, have had 20 years of experience as a as a as a, as a security professional um uh, rather than uh, like the, the six or seven i have now but uh, yes yeah, dog you yeah, know, that's okay. Um, I, I probably would avoided some of the pain of the permanent roles that I had. Um, but uh, <laughs> it never happened. Uh, so I can't, can't look back and regret things.
0: Yeah, that's it. And it's all about, you know, the, yeah. the moment, isn't it? And and uh, I say that's that's one of the things, one of the reasons yeah. why I wrote my book is because I I want people to to really clarify when that moment is. And and if the moment is right now, then seize that opportunity. But if if, if it's not the right moment now, then, you know, having assessed it properly, that that that's that success in itself. So, no, I think that's a that's, that's a really good point, Glenn, and, and one very yeah. close to my heart as well. Um, OK, the third, third question, uh, is there a resource you'd recommend uh, for those at the very start of their journey?
1: I was thinking about this. It's rather cheeky. I know you've written a book about, uh, um, you know, this this very topic. Um, but there are a couple of other books out there that I, I, I read many years ago. Um, and that I think they're just as relevant today as they were when they're written. One is called The Beer, the Beer Met Entrepreneur by uh, Mike Southern and Chris West. Um, a fantastic book, very short, uh, easy to read. Um, Uh, and and it's very it's it's definitely worth reading uh to uh to understand how you can turn your ideas into into a business um and then the second one is called from acorns uh which is uh i think it's written by a guy called caspian woods um and it it is more about what i think you cover your book but but he does it a a different way but it's about building a business right from scratch um so so there are two books. that, that that definitely influenced me um and of course i'd recommend your book as well rob um which and, and, I, and I think is actually a brilliant resource. uh so uh that, that are the three books i recommend i also i also recommend um the uh the, i also recommend that, that if you're going to start your own business that you're familiar with the hmrc website there's a lot of information on that website that uh, that that will be of benefit to you um you know, whether it's uh, understanding how your VAT works, or understanding your tax works, or understanding uh, what what your obligations are, um, you know, then then definitely HMRC website is is a good good place to start as well.
0: That's fantastic. And and going back to that that point, there's nothing cheeky about that. You know, <laughs> I think I, I when my publisher first told me, you know, looking into books, looking into competitions, one of the first things I was told was that people that look at this aspect often read multiple books. Um, so if you know you you want to be in that space rather than not be in it yeah. if you like I, so so there's uh, there's it's another mindset shift perhaps
1: I heard someone say you know should I you know if I, w- I want to write a book but there are already loads of books out there covering the topic so what's the point I would say to you go and have a look in your kitchen and see how many cookery books you've got because <laughs> are probably loads of cookery books yep. And yet, they still keep coming out. So, if there's already a book out there that's covering the topic that you've, you know, you 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 want to cover yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean to say you can't cover it as well, um, because you're going to have your own angle on it. You're going to have your own opinions and your own thoughts and your own, you know, subjective concepts as well. So, so go for
0: it. Absolutely. No, i think that's i think it's a really great point for anybody considering uh starting a, a book out there and, and indeed starting a yes, business in a certain place. you know because there's there's always a different angle and there's, there's always problems that you can solve this it's, it's it's unlikely
1: you're going to become the next amazon or the next google or the next apple you know it's it's, it's unusual if you if you you know, you, you know they're, they're rare but the vast majority of businesses out there are, are small businesses and they are the the backbone of, of most countries that, that have small businesses and, and i think I think that's what you've got to remember is that, yeah, you are joining a, a crowded market, but um, if you're good at what you're doing, you're passionate about what you're doing, and you believe in what you're doing, then it doesn't matter. You, you, you'll still find uh, that you'll attain a level of success that's, that, that you want to achieve. So yeah, go for it in that sense. But don't expect yourself to become the next Amazon, Google, or Apple. It's, it, you know, that's so, so rare.
0: Yep. They, they, certainly are. And you know, that's, that's why I've created this show really. It's, it's very much for, for those people. So no, that's brilliant. Finally, then, uh, who would you recommend as a guest on a future episode of the show? I
1: am you know, I my brains over this one. Uh, there's somebody who I know has set up her own business and it's not in the UK. It's in another country, which I thought would be quite an interesting variation on this. Um, but her name is Tanya Janka, uh, from Canada. Um, uh, she's just written a book as well, funny enough. which um, <laughs> uh, has uh, just literally come out in the last week or two. But uh, she would be an awesome guest. She's fun. she uh, but she's set up her own business um, and uh, she's had to go through some of the pain of, of doing that. that That would be an interesting listen, I think.
0: Fantastic. Well, I look forward to to reaching out and if you can do an introduction, that yeah. that'd be wonderful. and hopefully we can we can get her on the show. That'd be really good. Well, thank you, Glenn. It's been a, been a pleasure talking with you today. And, and uh, you know, even though we speak regularly, I've, I've, I've learned a lot about your journey as well. So it's uh thank you for for sharing it.
1: Oh, it's been a real pleasure for me. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it.
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode coming from a similar contracting background to Glenn. I absolutely support the points that he's made about mindset and investing in yourself for training and and, and such things. And although he's a security expert, I think, you know, what he t- spoke about really transcends security and can cover any field. So you can get in touch with Glenn uh, via his website, which is dynamonet.com, via Twitter, which is at dynamonet, or via LinkedIn, which is forward slash Glenn Wilson, by his uh, exciting new book, DevSecOps. This is the last episode before Christmas and i hope you get to spend some special time with your family over the period it's uh, there's no doubt it's been a challenging year for for everybody and, and i for one am especially looking forward to to the break more than more than ever so uh, thank you for listening uh, please subscribe like and share uh, to help more people reach us and and really just sort of share the messages that we we have to share and uh, have a fantastic christmas break and i'll see you next week